So tell me, where is the point at which one can call oneself a CEO? How many people do you have to be employing? You're listening to the Luxury Mind Podcast with Paul Russell and Helen Villas, exploring human behavior, psychology, and luxury. Hello and welcome back to the Luxury Mind Podcast. My name is Paul Russell and my co-host is Helen Villas. Helen, we Hello. are going to talk about virtue signaling. <gasps> virtue signaling, nothing. It drives me oh. nuts and it is rampant on LinkedIn. Rampant. You have these posts saying, oh, I saw this person struggling with a dog and I helped them and I was late for my interview and it turned out that the person I helped on the road with their dog was the person interviewing me and I got the job oh and God. it's like oh shut the fuck up seriously that never happened no yeah. exactly yeah. and I love commenting on on things going tell me something that never happened and <laughs> Or how long did it take you to make this up? Um, because it, it's just... <laughs> yeah, fine. Okay, fine, I'm a troll on LinkedIn. Because you see all of this, you know. And then, of course, you see HR people. I mean, they're the worst. Entrepreneurs and HR people saying, oh, I had this interview and they weren't experienced enough and they didn't have enough qualifications, but they came, they had a hard life and they did this and they did that and I took a chance. It's like, so basically you stole the plot of The Devil Wears Prada, darling, is <laughs> yes. what you did. Well done, you. Do you know what my least favourite ones are? The ones where someone goes and gives a homeless person... Um, and then records clothes it all. or food and records the whole thing and mm -hmm. posts it on social media to look at what a great guy I am. I'm mm -hmm. going out and doing all this stuff. And it's so part of me, there's part of me that's like, okay, because then they get followers to donate stuff and to donate money so that they can buy more stuff and pass or pass it to the person, the homeless person. But it's just so condescending. It's so patronizing. It's exploiting someone else's struggle for your gain. And there is something about that that is so disgusting. It's repugnant is what it is, that you are using somebody else's really difficult struggle who is not in a position to say no to somebody helping them. So, hey, I want to give you this stuff. Can I put it all over social media whilst I give it to you? Well, they need the stuff. You're, you're exploiting a power dynamic where they are unable to to say no to that because they need it. And it's utterly revolt it really is revolting like film the stuff say i'm going to go out and hand this out not i'm going to go out hand this out and here's the person i'm handing it to aren't I amazing i'm changing their lives and i'm doing all this stuff now can you give me some more money because that's gross it's really gross look Sorry, at me look at what a great person about this I, no so do i yeah look at me look at what an amazing person i am look how good i am look how caring i am look how wonderful and you know when <laughs> From a business side of things, and you see things on LinkedIn, I mean, some of the stuff is just ridiculous. Really? I mean, it's just really? insanity, these stories. I've never seen it on there. Really? Oh, God, you have... You I know, don't spend a lot of time there, so... Managing... Direct, uh, managing... You, so you have, like, you know, the CEO of Back Bedroom Incorporated 
So, first of all, you, you're working from your bedroom. You're not a CEO of anything, darling. You need to chill out, okay? So, calling yourself the CEO is People do a that all the much. time, don't yeah, they? Yeah, of course they do. When That's also virtue I, signaling. Yes. So, tell me, where is the point at which one can call oneself a CEO? How many people do you have to be employing, do you think? I would say, well, first of all, in order to be a CEO, you have to have a board of directors because you're the chief executive officer of a board uh, of directors. There's an, there you Not go, only that, you have, to be a manage, you have to have a managing director under you who manages that board of directors because the chief executive right. officer manages the managing director who manages the board of director, who manages the board of management, who manages all of the different departments and all of the different VPs. So you right. are not a CEO if you have yourself well, and you your were... teddy bears as your staff. <laughs> okay? Yes. The teddy bears oh, on your you bed are not your executives. No. You know, so your teddy bears do not make executives in a company. So you're not a CEO. So you can lose that flex for a start. I mean, it, that's hilarious. Yes. I'd never realised that that was actually what the definition was. Yeah. But I, well, no, I've seen people who are like the sole employee of their business um, labelling themselves CEO. What, yeah. being a sole? No, 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 of course not. Of course not. You can do a huge amount on your own. But, but you can't it's... be the CEO of yourself. No. And Chill that's... out. But it is. It's look how much more important I am than... I actually am, isn't yes, it? It's, is, it's something, is, it's, it's yeah, no, the virtue signaling aspect. This is virtue signaling, but then, you know, you can virtue signal in many different ways. I mean, obviously, one of the ways you do it is to show people what an amazing person you are and how fabulous you are. Mm -hmm. You can virtue signal through uh, a status virtue signal. I'm a CEO, or I'm mm -hmm. the chief people officer of the snooker table, or whatever the hell stupid <laughs> titles they come up with. You know, chief motivation officer. Ooh. What the fuck? <laughs> I mean, seriously, what is this? Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. You're an HR something... executive. You need to chill out. Let's talk about it in terms of, because um, there's a moral superiority. It's all about superiority, right? This virtue signaling thing. Hugely. And then let's talk about it in social hierarchy. Well, it's a social and, currency, isn't it? Well, absolutely. I'm thinking about the people that go and buy the square foot of land that then make them a lord or lady. And they, do you know what I'm talking about? I know exactly what you're talking yeah, yeah. about. I'm just wondering, you know, you didn't know you had to plug a hoover in. So I'm just wondering. <laughs> <if you're> about... <laughs> 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 Savage. Um, I thought it's just. But it's not a square foot of me. land at all, Ellen. It's actually what a postage it? stamp size of land. I mean, it's right. Tiny. Okay, it's teeny, tiny, tiny little piece of land. And then you know, they're lord of the manor of the postage stamp in the wilds of Scotland <laughs> or somewhere like that. Yeah. And then they're told that they can go and um, put this title Style on their legal themselves. documents and yeah. stuff, which they cannot for a start. I mean, you won't be allowed. I know to someone do it. that did it. No, I know someone who did it. He How? genuinely did it. He applied for a passport with this. This Now, this was in the early 2000s before this was a big, big thing. Oh, right. No, they and, um, won't do it. They wouldn't do it now? No. 
So what you've got is a situation where people paid loads and loads and loads of money for this stuff. And mm -hmm. then they went to the DVLA and the passport office and what have you and said, because they'd been told, you can put this on all of your official documents. And they were like, mm, no, that's not for you. No. So Isn't that were, funny? They were very angry and annoyed by it. And then, of course, you have these random people who, who think because they're told you're going to get upgrades and you're going to get this and you're going to get that. Better it's treatment. all nonsense. Yeah, it is BA, all nonsense. do not upgrade you because you have a title. Um, right. Restaurants don't suddenly find tables that don't exist because you have a title. They might in the films. They don't in real life. No. Unless you go to that restaurant all of the time and you're a very yeah. regular customer. Yeah. Then they'll try and find you a table or they'll bump somebody. But just because you wave around, I'm a lord, I'm a lord. And at first, if you say that anyway, people are not going to believe you. So, because... No. Why are you and, signaling at the hostess? Yeah. What you're, and you're devaluing them as well. You know, yeah, of course, they're because they now think... stuff that they're you, there in the first place. Yeah. And, and I think you they're working down your nose at them. Literally mm. lording over them. Literally lording over them. But then, yeah. you know, so the, yeah, there's that. That's an interesting aspect of it. But there's there's also the labels as well, you know, uh, designer labels. Which labels? So the fact that I can afford designer labels makes me a good person. So I can afford Chanel. So therefore, I'm elegant and heritage and this, that and the other. And in fact, you can be head to toe in labels and look like a fright. Yeah, but also, do you, doesn't give you elegance. Do you think you that they think it makes them a good person, or yes. that it makes them? But is it, it about being good, person. or is it just better? Right? Yeah, mm. there's a difference, right? It's not about. It's just that I'm better because I've got all this designer stuff and I'm all Gucci and whatever. Um, when in fact you're right. Quite often it's done poorly, and like we've we've you and I have spoken before. Uh, privately about how if somebody is wearing Gucci with well if you grow up in this background you don't wear stuff with labels on the no, show but nobody should don't. wear stuff with labels on it you know it's too much your well, head to toe it, in in the interlocking G's if you need people to know what you're wearing you have to then display what you are, it you have to yeah, I mean, you're, you're basically free advertising for the brand. Well, then that becomes really interesting. Well, then that becomes really interesting because I want to know whether the brand actually wants that. Because then, surely, because well, if you think about Burberry and what they went through, you know. It depends. If you are embraced by the wrong people within society, then no, the mm. brand goes a bit nuts about it and starts to change things because it devalues the brand because it, it, it scares away the actual. So here's the thing. You have tiers of consumers. So you mm. have the high net worth consumer, the luxury consumer. They're different. A luxury consumer and a high net worth consumer are not the same thing. Mm -hmm. But then you have the aspirational consumer. So the aspirational right. consumer is the consumer that will buy the Gucci hat or the Gucci belt or the accessories. So these, what are called gateway products or entry-level mm -hmm. products, are meant to be a gateway into the more expensive products to, to build brand loyalty and what have you. 
But what happened with Burberry is that suddenly the Burberry check became so prevalent all over the place with a very particular kind of people. And mm-hmm. now You're suddenly... You're being terribly polite, Paul. Where's the judgmentalness? Come on. Oh, the judgment's coming. It's coming. <laughs> okay. <good>. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so you had the Burberry hats and, you know, everything had this Burberry check on it. However, because now this segment of society wanted this Burberry check, mm. this then opened up a huge replica market, a huge fake market. Mm. So in fact, the grand majority of the Burberry check you saw in the late 90s, early 2000s were not real at all. They were all fake. So Burberry decided, we have to change the check. So they they made, they put pink into it to try and differentiate the original check from the from the fake check. But now they've brought back the original check because of Mm -hmm. course um, they they re they they rehabilitated gone, themselves, but this is virtue signaling. When you're walking down the the, the road, look at me. I'm head to toe in this. This says something mm. about me. In the city, for example, it will be Hugo Boss. Look at me in my Hugo Boss suit. Yes, it's like yes, it's right. wonderful that you've now got yourself into credit card debt to spend two thousand yeah. pounds on a Hugo Boss suit when you actually could have gone to Savile Row, spent another few yeah. hundred pounds, and got a real one made to measure for you. Yeah. But yeah. where's the fun in that? Because there's no Hugo Boss logo when you casually throw your jacket folded so the logo happens to be out over the back of a chair. So I have no time for it at all. No, clearly not. <laughs> I mean, it's just... <laughs> it's so silly, isn't it? I think it's so... Um... There is a, there's such a narcissism in it, you know, this idea that I need to prove that I'm better than everyone in one way or another, whether it's because I'm buying Gucci or because I'm feeding the homeless. It's projection. You need to know I'm better than you. Mm. Yeah, it's image projection, isn't it? It is. It's the idea that if I project this image, you're going to buy into it and therefore you're going to buy into me and boost me and keep feeding me the validation, the external validation I'm looking for by making myself look like I'm better. In fact, when we were talking about cleaning, that's another way people are virtue signaling, isn't it? We did this, and we talked about it on that episode, this idea that people curate this moral superiority simply because their house is tidier than other people's, or they know how to get a tomato stain out of a white jumper, or, you know, it's, it's, it's just gross because it all is. it is is about telling people I'm better than you, but in this way that that you're not allowed to challenge recycling. Let's talk about recycling, s- sustainability. That recycle. Look at me, oh. I recycle. Well, I mean, I do actually recycle, but I only recycle so because, well, the bins are there. There's the black bin, the green bin, so it's there. Would I do it if it wasn't as easy? I'd like to say yes. But I'd probably be lying. I do believe we should recycle. I do believe in sustainability, but not to the point where I evangelize about it. And that's what these Mm -hmm. people are doing. They're evangelizing. It becomes a sense of social currency. But the social currency isn't the act itself. 
The social currency is the recognition of the act. Mm -hmm. It's the likes, the shares, people telling you how wonderful you are. It's this feeding of the ego, isn't it? Look at you. Look at Helen. Helen. So, for example, you will have people who will say, I never buy new clothes because I only buy in charity shops. Now, 30 years ago, that would have been because you had no money. Mm-hmm. Now it's a flex and it's a superiority flex. It's a flex of, well, I'm better than you because I use dead people's clothes. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, I didn't expect you to say that. Oh my God. <laughs> dead people's clothes. But, but you're right. It is, it is about the, again, this moral superiority about, so people will pick a tree. Right. This is how I think of it. People will pick a tree or a hook, if you prefer, to hang their moral superiority on. So it will be recycling. It'll be shopping in charity shops. It'll be using only wooden toys for their beige children. It'll be like... Those poor um, children. Oh, those poor children. So it'll be... They never get the delight of smashing a plastic button and all the lights coming up and going... Anyway, so, you know... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's it's all the it's the I drive an electric car it's the um I don't know that I'm feeding the homeless I'm buying the Gucci I'm living in this house that's bigger than yours there's people have trees that they choose that they want to climb because all of them want to feel the best of it and even when we're talking about um people who suggest that they've removed themselves from society such as people in the hippie com- kind of community they're still attempting to be the best hippie. Everyone yes. wants to be the best version of whatever tree that they've, or the top of whatever tree, so yes. that they can poo on the people below them. Yes. You know, it's and that true. the people are looking up to them, going, "You're amazing up at the top there." And it's it's just that, right? You, everyone's trying to climb the tree to be the most important because they want the external val- validation because of their own narcissistic kind of desire for that that feeding from other people. It's really. Yeah. But it's also, you know, another virtue signal is, you know, look at me, I have removed myself from society. I live in a cottage in the middle of nowhere with no electricity. I'm completely self-sustaining. And, you know, I, I read by candlelight. I don't have a television. And it's like, darling, your life sounds awful. Awful. It sounds dreadful. No hot water. You're freezing. Like you've got to chop logs every day and like yeah, bring no, them in, and then that's not little critters running all over your cottage. But no caravans, caravans. You know, do hang on. You know, like um, just people that go off grid in, or they choose van life or whatever it is. And suddenly it's well, like, you know, my opinion on van life. I, I think it's fabulous. I know you love it. I know you do, but isn't there a massive competition over who's got the best van oh, life? hundred percent at both sides of the spectrum. So you have the A class flex where these vans are, you know, 300,000 pounds. We're talking serious amounts of money. This is a house on wheels, but it's a house Mm -hmm. that doesn't go up in value. It's a house that continually depreciates um, rather than anything else. So after 10, 12 years, your 300,000 pound investment is now worth 30 grand. But there's also the self-build people. 
Britain, the self-built people, mm. are morally superior to the RV the people who have right. who have bought their RV because it's mm. not personalized to their particular style. And then, of course, you have the no-build-build build people. And the no-build... What's that? <laughs> so, I haven't heard of those. What? So the no-build-build build people are the people who take an empty van and then put IKEA furniture in it. So they're not actually building mm -hmm. it in. So they can... They can. These vans are quite grotty. They're not very good. But it makes me morally superior because, you see... I didn't build out my van, so I'm more real. I'm a I'm a more real nomad than you. I'm I'm morally superior to you because there's a race to who can spend the least on. That's what I was wondering. On the product, you know. So, so if you've got a shower spent, in a loo, if you've got a shower in a loo in your well, van, depends. Is that better or bad? That oh, okay. depends, you see. If you've got a shower and a loo in a big a, in a big A class or a fifth wheel, then mm -hmm. you're not really a nomad because you've essentially just brought your house with you. If you have a shower and a loo in a van build where you have, you know, changed a sprinter van into a van, mm -hmm. then you're quite fabulous. You're wonderful. Uh, Gosh, but it's so political, if you have a Shah and Alu in a in a no build build, and then it's not really a no build build, is it? Because the whole idea really is that you should be out digging holes in the wilderness. So I have got visions now of people driving rickety vans around with bits of IKEA furniture sliding across the back yes. as they no, no, as they, they move don't slide around. across the back because you use bungee oh. rope to keep them in place. Oh, God, that sounds horrendous. What's wrong with a hotel, Paul? No, God, no, you can't stay in a hotel. If you if you have to leave your van in for, well, depending on where you are within van life, if you have to leave your van in, then you will camp out in a tent or something like that, and it would all be, it would all be tremendous fun. But it's all for social media. It's all for social <gasps> media. Because the social currency, again, isn't the actual van. It's the likes, the shares, the perceived lifestyle, the perceived morality. I'm living off-grid using solar and using this, that, and the other because I'm not consuming all the stuff that's killing the planet. In fact, if you live in what they call sticks and bricks, your life is terrible. It's awful. Do they really call it that? Yes. Sticks and bricks. <laughs> yes. It's so judgmental. <laughs> Shaming people for wanting to live in a warm house. Oh, my goodness. So hang on a minute. So, oh, wait, there was something I was just going to say, and it's completely gone out of my mind, that there was... Well, it's herd of... mentality. You know, it's yes. following. it's following the herd. It's basically saying, okay, well, this is the trend of the moment. Because what van life channel have you ever followed or what van life channel on Instagram have you ever seen where it's not spectacular views and, you know, That's wonderfully exactly curated it. images and look how wonderful my life is. It's like, darling, you have pooped in a bucket this morning. <laughs> <laughs> That's not glamorous. <laughs> 
No, but do you know that's exactly what I was going to say? They all. That's what my next thing was. The, the what I forgot I was going to say was the the virtue signaling of being zen with it. Yes, that it's not at all stressful. That yeah. look at us pack up. Even the three hundred k like RV ones where all the wall signs. Life and, becomes fabulous. You're all zen, but do you know who else virtue signals? Vegans. Oh, oh don't Vegan. even get me started. No, I wanted to get you started because I knew it would provoke this reaction. <laughs> and you're, yeah, go on. You know, Give us your you sign have the, I mean, it's too much. <laughs> you do not need to tell everyone you're vegan. It does not, this is not an interesting conversation opener. This is not an interesting conversation. You know, you talk to somebody and they say, well, you know, I'm vegan. It's like, good for you, darling. Good for you. Mm -hmm. But mm -hmm. I'm not going to be wearing plastic shoes because they're incredibly uncomfortable. So, no. Mm -hmm. But, you know, well, I, I'm doing it as a moral choice. And I'm this, that, and the other. And it's like, okay, well, I grew up in India where 80% of the population is vegan. But they call it strict non -ve strict vegetarian so there's no right. this whole vegan monitor moniker that the term vegan is mm -hmm. all about to put yourself above the vegetarian yes it's to put yourself above everybody else so that you can stand and look down from your malnourished podium where you don't <laughs> you know and cancelled <laughs> Then you shouldn't bring up these topics if you don't want oh, uh, to know the truth uh, about it. You can get cancelled. <laughs> My followers won't cancel me. They know exactly no, they what won't I'm like. You. No. <laughs> My followers are probably a bit shocked to see a little bit of this part of me. But, well, it's, but it's it is fine. true, you know. I, I want to stand up here because, I mean, there's one particular YouTuber called Nikocado Avocado. He started off as a vegan YouTuber, and you know, the reason he's called Nikocado Avocado is because he basically survived on avocados. But um, he's not vegan anymore, because there really was no traction in a vegan channel. There was no... Oh, really? There was no traction, because he does mukbangs. And um, there he was no traction. Mukbangs. Do you not know what a mukbang is? Helen, do you live under no. a rock, darling? I mean, seriously. You didn't know Henry the Hoover was a thing. Don't it's give a, me This is not an that. important thing. Knowing what? Henry, Henry the Hoover thing. Knowing okay. what a mukbang is is really important. It's where you well, I then inform me. Judge me. Look at this. <laughs> look at our super, look at our own virtual signaling. I, I know what Henry the Hoover is. I don't know, know yeah. things exactly. My knowledge is better than your knowledge of, <laughs> yeah. of, of things. Um, Ooh, yes, the aristocrats so, do a lot of it, don't they? Yes. We'll talk about that in a moment. Tell me what a mukbang is before we But move a mukbang basically aristocrat. is where you eat vast amounts of food on camera. Vast amounts of food on camera. I mean, I'm talking, you know, 25 Big Macs, this kind of thing. And oh. uh, the, uh, it started in South Korea where obviously everybody hates each other and they have no friends. So the idea was that you would sit, when you were having dinner, you would turn on your camera and do a live so that people could eat with you so that you weren't eating alone. So the, the, the history of it, where it started, was great. But of course, it went over to America. Americans mm -hmm. decided, no, this is boring. Let's do a mukbang where I buy... 
16 buckets of KFC with cheese sauce, and I eat it all in one sitting. And oh, there's a woman that does it. Yes. Huge. Yes. There's a lady that she's, she's called Aquilo with Kelly or something, and she does. I've seen her a few times on my FYP and she just sits and eats and eats and eats and eats and eats and huge amounts of food, but she's tiny. She's absolutely minuscule. Then she obviously has deeper problems than that. Mm. Because if (laughs) you eat that much. Diagnoses of people. (laughs) But you know, there are a few that I watch. So there's hungry fat chick. I like her very much. She's very sweet, but she eats vast amounts of food. And Nick Ocado Avocado, he's very irritating. He bursts into tears for no reason. And um but there's a few. But but yeah. Anyway, go on. That but that's what a mukbang is. And but that's also virtue signaling. Because, well, tell me about the virtue signaling and that. Well, you're doing it for likes and shares. You're you're intentionally damaging your health. You're intentionally eating fast amounts of food that is absolutely not good for your body. Because, you know, you're not going to sit and eat a huge bowl of salad, are you? There's no viewing pleasure in that. If you sit eating a trough of lettuce and tomatoes... (laughs) People are not going to go, oh, my God, wow, because it's to do with this whole... People are watching it with a combination of horror and Mm. interest and awe and surprise and disgust. And this is what gets you the the social validation Mm. because they're now liking and sharing. And, of course, you think you're tremendously popular when, in fact... People are using you as a crazy person. And I, well, and then I'm starting to think about how that goes down in terms of the waste aspect, in terms of you're eating enough food for 10 people. And it's completely unnecessary. It just feels. No, it's absolutely true. And the fact of the matter is that they, um, they look at the, they look at the, the huge amounts of food and the bigger the food and the more food that you have, the more popular you are, the better you are. Gosh. Well, that was something I did not know about in terms of, I knew about that as a phenomenon, but I didn't know how weighted it was in terms of that virtue signaling. Aspect I shall teach you popular culture. Helen. <laughs> Okay. I'd love to see your version of popular culture. The fact that you call it popular culture is uh, extremely telling, Paul. (laughs) Are you judging me? Yeah. But it's very much a look at me syndrome as well, isn't it? Look at me, look at me, look at me, look at me. Look Look at how wonderful I am. Look at how great I am. Look at the causes I'm supporting. Look at, look at everything about me. It's moral narcissism. Well, let me talk to you about that a little bit, because moral narcissism or there's something called the hero syndrome and we see it a lot in mpd the hero effect yeah we uh just wanting we use it in consumer psychology as well but just for a different reason well i want to know about that in a moment (laughs) but but in mpd we see it a lot where we'll see the person with mpd behaving um you know like saving being the look at me, I'm going to save all these people. I'm going to do all, raise all this money. I'm going to do all this. Do you know who is a really good version of this? Is um, Jimmy Savile? Oh all God, his, yes, hundred percent. Right? 
dreadful, dreadful human being. Um, and using it as also a cover, obviously. Ted Bundy comes into that too, because he worked on Crisis Lines and, um, and talked about that too. So the, the, the savior complex of, I'm, but we also will often find people who are leading or high up in charities are showing a lot of MPD traits because, and I mean toxic traits, not the kind of healthy narcissism that we all no, have, but toxic, these, toxic, these very toxic, toxic traits mm. because they're exploiting their position of power to make themselves feel better for helping these people. And then when those people turn around and go, actually, I'm kind of okay now, I can do it myself. How dare you reject me? And then they get smooth after everything I've done for them, blah, blah, blah. So we'll see that on that kind of scale, but we also see it in the smaller family scale of the parent doing all these things for the children over and over and over again. And when the child says, actually, I don't need your help, how could you do that to me? I don't, you know, how dare you not I put a roof over your thing. head and I yeah. put food on the table yeah. and all the rest of it. Did yes, my I bare mean, minimum parenting things, right? Well, yeah, exactly. So, but then, you, yeah. You, know, you know, people like Jimmy Savile and all of these deplorable people, yes, they use it. Within consumer psychology, though, it's a bit different. So you will see it. Um, one penny goes towards the rainforests of everything yes. you buy or if you buy from this shop we will donate to help the heroes fund or if you do this we will do this and you know we use sustainable trees in this that and the other. that that's mm -hmm. that's the hero complex the hero syndrome. i got you because okay. the, the brand is being the hero and yeah. you as the consumer feel good about buying into it do you know nothing irritates me more than I go to when I go to a big chain type place so this happened at the cinema recently we went to the cinema we're paying for the tickets and at the end of checkout it has a would you like to donate 25 no P, I wouldn't P. no you do it I've just given you 25 quid for a box of popcorn and a yes. bloody coke I'm not going to then <laughs> give you another two quid Take it from your own profits and stick it in. How dare you ask me to like raise money for you to make you look good because you've raised two million quid for some charity. Just give it to them. You can afford it. It's oh my god, it makes me but so cross. wasn't so Oprah cross. and The Rock almost cancelled for this during the Hawaii? Oh god, um, am I about to get yeah. cancelled? Yeah. <laughs> oh why? So uh when Hawaii had the, the mad storm and oh, the hurricanes yes. and what have you. The Rock and Oprah got together and said, you know, we're going to donate $10 million to Hawaii. Or we're going to donate $200 million to Hawaii, or whatever it was. Um, and to donate, you, you, you call this number or you go on this line. And people went ballistic because it was basically, you're too almost mm -hmm. billionaires mega rich mega saying rich that you're going to be donating 200 million dollars or whatever it was but in fact you're not you're asking your mm. followers to do it so you're not donating at all wow your followers How? are doing it it was huge where was their backlash. pr advisor hey, like, their pr advisor crazy. was asleep that day that I mean, was a probably yeah, fired. people people went no. nuts people went nuts they're you know, probably so, in one of those homeless videos now, mm, being given a free burger because they've no. Sorry, I shouldn't well, exactly. say no, it's true. But, but, but I mean, that, activism is a sense of activism is a sense of um, 
Everybody's just trying to be better than everyone else quite often, aren't they? There's yeah, a, look at the cause I'm an a... activist for. Yeah. And we even us. Do... And I, you know, oh, like... I didn't we're... virtue signal. Thank you very much. We're sat here talking about virtue signaling to tell people how bad virtue signaling is and how morally that's superior just, we are for calling that's out virtue just signaling. Irony. <laughs> irony. <laughs> I, let's own our shit. <laughs> like, I think there's something in that, you know. Like, we should, you know, this this idea that people think that they can be better than others by doing stuff with this malintent. It's not intentional of of doing the actual thing. Because in my experience, when somebody wants to do something like hope the help, help the homeless or whatever it is, they do it quietly. They do it quietly. They, have, exactly. they do it quietly. Do quiet charity. I only trust quiet charity. I don't trust people who need to make a big song and dance about it because if you're doing that, it really does feel like you're doing it for your own personal gain. And I don't actually, as it happens, I don't believe in altruism. I don't think it's actually a thing because we get a good feeling. You can't do nothing for no gain at all because a good feeling is a gain so if i go and donate some sleeping bags to the homeless people or whatever and i used to do that quite a lot that that i used to help quite a lot with that um kind of stuff um if i go and do that i don't need to tell everybody i've done it it's just doing it but i do get a good feeling from doing it and so you get a good feeling for yourself that you're helping yes you're not yeah, going but, on social media and telling no, 300,000 followers, look at me, I've just given away yeah. two sleeping bags. <laughs> like, yeah, Helen, well done, that really helped the homeless. All right, I would be mortified. Well, exactly. I'd be mortified this is the thing. to go and do that sort of thing. But it's also like religion, isn't it? Religion is a one big virtue signal. Look at me, <gasps> I'm more religious You're than so you. so right. How did we not get on that earlier? Yeah, oh, and the aristocracy. Well, we we've missed out the aristocracy still, but yeah, okay, well, that's religion. Fine. Forget them. We can jump them and go straight to religion. Uh, the okay, aristocracy religion. Is, is a whole is a whole episode oh, okay. all in itself because that's not just <laughs> virtue signaling. It's all sorts of crazies. But it is this. You know, the, you have the Christian fundamentalists. You have the the Muslim fundamentalists. You have the Buddhists. You have all of these people, and they all have this uh, this superiority to look down on the others who are not right. Mm. So, you know, in the states now, you have this whole. Um, abortion thing going on where we're not going we're going to take away the rights of women and it's all about the unborn child and every life has its meaning and then as soon as that baby is born it's well it's up to you now it's like yes but you put laws in place that stopped Mm -hmm. me from getting what i needed because Mm -hmm. all lives are important but yet now the life is here so now, where's the help? Well, now where's we'll send it to school. We'll no, we'll send it to school and and let it get killed there because of the gun control issue. Well, exactly. Like, but it's it's, it's, it's ridiculous. not even ridiculous. It makes that, me so angry. You know, Religion you, deciding anything. Oh, I can't because anything, it, oh, anything. Full stop. It should not. You know, in um, the UK, the law is broken. The separation of powers that they're not meant to cross over. They have that in Do the you know, states too. It's enshrined in their constitution. And yet. Then how does it happen all the time that the religious people get to make the laws like that based because on all religious nuts. money, <laughs> Helen? Money. That's also why. it's so it's also this thing of 
this one religion being yes. the right one. Yes. So we're not talking white Muslim and yes, white, white Christian. Christian. And there's also when we're talking about um virtue signaling in religion, if we stay in one religion, say for example, we were to stay in I don't know, is it Christianity for Greek Orthodox and and yeah, they're they're all just Christian like, religions. Right. So we've got Latter-day Saints, we've got Mormonism, we've got Methodist and Baptist, and there's all these different versions of Christianity, right? Yes, but you and just so, picked the crazies. <laughs> but that's just the point, right? Because they're all saying, I'm not, I'm, I'm, I'm I need to be careful because of my, you know, but what I'm saying is each of them, each of those separate, separate sections, I can't even speak. Each of those separate sections think that they're better than the others. Oh, yeah. My version of religion is the right one, even though they're apparently reading from the same book. Mm, But they interpret that same book differently. Very differently. And as I said before, they pick and choose. It's an a la carte menu. Well, the Leviticus thing is brilliant, isn't it? It's um, like, okay, well, fine. You know what? There are bits in this Bible. No, I don't like it, don't like it, don't like it, don't like it, don't like it. Um, That's not what God meant. God didn't mean that. Yes, yes, yeah. So we're going to reinterpret that. And then there are other bits going, yeah, well, you know, he didn't quite say that this should be, but that's how we're interpreting it. Yeah. So... It drives me bananas, and it's a whole—it's a whole episode in and of itself. Religious trauma, which is a real thing. Oh, I deal with it. I work with clients who have it, and it's—I mean, it's absolutely horrendous. The things that are done under the name of religion, from parent to child, but also from ch- church members or organized—you know, uh, what are they called? Priests or whatever their title is in, in the church. Ministers. Church. Yeah, the the things that they then do to either victims of abuse in marriages or children of abuse. I mean, when Katie and I were writing um, You're Not the Problem, we were talking about the fact that how religion was used to cover up abuse for so long, that if mm-hmm. you ch- children were abused by priests and then that was just covered up with religion, you know, they, they, the whole system is so freaking narcissistic, it's unbelievable and institutional narcissism is a thing right so we've got um we've we see that over and again over and over and over again in religion and religious uh factions and sections whatever they're called but we also see it in industry and organizations constantly because it's all about image make us look the best it's all about we have to look the best and if we don't look the best if you let the side down then you're out and if you're exiled that means you're inferior and done for basic do you know what that's it i i could just go on about this for ages and it's probably is not the space and i think oh i could get really on my soapbox about this one paul but maybe that's a whole maybe it's even a different podcast i, I think know. so you got a <laughs> little bit carried away there with the, I did. Sorry. the churches and the priests and yeah, stuff like that yeah, yeah that's totally that but actually it does might annoy me i know and it is very irritating but and it might actually be an interesting podcast topic. Ooh. 
Okay. Controversial as as one. For my hand. A controversial <laughs> one. Yeah, and for Helen to go this. into complete meltdown over religious trauma. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, it, I think it might be interesting to explore later on. But I, I think we will leave it there, Helen. What do you think? I think I absolutely agree. Covered everything. You've had a little rant. You've had some gesticulating. Oh, well, well, it's the Italian in me. I've got to have some. <laughs> My grandmother has to come out somewhere. But... <laughs> All right. Yes, I think that's a brilliant place to leave it. Okay, fantastic. Absolutely. Helen, over to you to do the outro and tell people what to do. Well, what you have to do, and you will get one of my soapbox rants if you don't, you need to go and like, rate, review, subscribe, and give us all the social media love to share and spread the word for us. So, yeah, I think that's it, isn't it? Fabulous. Okay, see you next week. Take care, everyone. Bye. Bye. Bye.